Girl Camper is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Get an RV policy quote by calling 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or going to progressive.com backslash RV. And go Little Guy Worldwide, whose full line of lightweight camping trailers are Girl Camper favorites. My name is Janine Pettit, and I'm a girl camper. I go places and I do things in my little 1966 Go Tag Along vintage travel trailer. Along the way, I meet many interesting people traveling the back roads, and I want to share their stories with you. We will talk about the qualities of what makes a girl camper and how you can become a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party, and you're invited. Stay tuned while I share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. Welcome, I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, Adventurist, and Podcaster. And this is Episode 59 of Girl Camper, the Podcast. Well, my guest today is Arkansas photojournalist Linda Henderson. She's a born and raised Arkansan who loves the beauty of her home state. She writes for 501 Magazine, which is the publication of those that live in that area code, but she has a historian's knowledge of the whole state. When she's not on the job as a nurse, she travels the back roads and byways, photographing beautiful aging barns and standalone country churches, as well as the photos she's famous for, the Milky Way in the foothills of the Ozark Mountains. Linda was kind enough to give me a tour of some of her favorite places, and we are talking today about all you can do when you visit the Razorback State. We'll be back in a minute. Campfire Chat is brought to you by Go Little Guy Worldwide. They're a proud sponsor of the Girl Camper Podcast, and Little Guy Trailers are in the business of getting you into the great outdoors. They make camping easier and most of all more fun. Their trailers are all lightweight and easy to tow behind most vehicles, plus they offer the safety and security all girl campers want. So they offer safety and security and a full bathroom, and I don't know what more you can ask for. Lightweight, full bathroom. You can learn more about Little Guy Trailers by going to GoLittleGuy.com. So in our campfire chat today, I want to talk about towing legality. So often we talk about towing safety on this show, but I came across a website this week, DoItYourselfRV.com. You've got to bookmark this and go. There's a, so many great articles. I specifically went there to to read an article entitled Complete Guide to State 
towing speeds and state laws. You probably didn't know. And that article was written by Christina Nelliman. And that made me look at all of Christina's other articles. She's an industry writer and there is so much information on there. But I thought I would talk about the legality of towing. So I got myself in a little bit of a jam this past summer when I was trying to cross the GW Bridge and I had propane tanks on the front of my trailer and the propane tanks are only allowed on the upper bridge of the George Washington Bridge coming from New Jersey into New York. Now there were absolutely no signs anywhere and the people were as nice as can be at the bridge authority. They they were able to get me off and shoot me around a back road, a little gate and up to the upper level, and I was able to cross. But in researching that, I discovered that it's really the onus is on you to find out what your state allows and doesn't allow. And you can usually find this information on the DMV page, Department of Motor Vehicles, and you've got to look that up before you go. Well, Christina has done a lot of the work for us. It's still a good idea to go on and read your state laws, but I thought it would be fun to go over some of the um, things Christina discovered in her article. So in most states, the speed limit is 65. Out in Wyoming, in that area, it's 75 and even 80 on those back roads up there where there's really very little traffic. So, but that doesn't mean that's the towing speed for trailers. And I have never seen a sign on a highway that says speed limit 65 towed vehicles 55, but many states have a different speed that you're allowed to tow a trailer at. And then they have these funny little laws that go with it, which you wouldn't know of unless you went onto their site. But so I just want to talk about what a few of them are because I found this very interesting. In Alabama, the top speed is 55 miles an hour. And towers are required to always have their lights on in Alabama. So that's one of those little laws they have that you don't know about. In California, the top speed is 55, and all towed vehicles are required to stay in the right-hand lane. Now, if you live in the L.A. area, that would be so hard to do. I towed a trailer uh, in Southern California. My brother-in-law towed it. I was a passenger, and we just went to the beach for the day, towed the trailer there for the day, a day camping day. And it's, you know, the highways there are eight lanes wide, and you've got to get out of the way. So that would be a hard law to follow in Southern L.A. Now, i got to talk about Colorado for a minute because this sort of cracked me up. In Colorado, the speed is 65, the same as cars. Colorado allows you to tow two other trailers at once. So Colorado, top speed, and you could be a triple. A car, a trailer, and you could be towing a motorcycle cart or a, another trailer behind that with a boat. So, oh, Colorado, I got to tell you, you scare me. <laughs> I think your lawmakers are participating in the state's favorite recreation, and I'm not talking about skiing. So be careful. Tra travelers, if you're in Colorado, Delaware, 55 miles an hour, and they require you to have two separate ways to apply trailer and tow brakes. So you, every car has the brake that, pedal that you hit and an emergency brake, and your trailer brakes go on when you're plugged in and you hit your 
um, brakes in the car that would enact the trailer brakes, but you also need a secondary backup. And I think that would be the trailer manual trailer brakes. I have that in my car where you just squeeze that. So, but it's actually required. Some people don't have that in their car. They just have the um, brake system that's hooked up to your brakes. So that's in Delaware. I don't know how often people are actually pulling you over and checking on these things, but they are the laws. Now in Iowa, I thought this was interesting. The speed limit for towing is 65 miles an hour, but passengers are allowed to ride in fifth wheels, travel trailers, and pickup truck trailers. So, you know, in most states that is completely frowned upon, <laughs> but you can be towing your travel trailer with your kids or mother-in-law in the back, in the, tra in the trailer. I wouldn't even put my dog back there. I'd be so terrified, but that's allowed in Iowa. In Minnesota, it's 65 miles an hour, and they allow triple towing. So if you're towing a fifth wheel, so this is for a fifth wheel only, a fifth wheel is allowed to tow a watercraft, an ATV, a motorcycle, or a snowmobile. So that's only for fifth wheels, but they allow triple towing. Interesting thing about New Hampshire, it's 65 miles an hour, and you are not allowed to park overnight in a rest area, which is, I think, what rest areas are created for, but you got to find a Walmart parking lot, I guess. You're not allowed to sleep overnight in a rest area. So, Wisconsin, 65 miles an hour, and triple towing is allowed. So, this was just a fantastic article. I encourage everybody to go on. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. The article is written by Christina Hellman, and I found it very engaging. Complete guide to state towing speeds and state laws you probably didn't even know existed. Before we head into our interview, I have a travel tip from Progressive Insurance. Check your insurance company to see if your pets are covered in case of an accident. We hope that never happens and you don't need it, but Progressive's pet injury coverage protects your dogs and cats if they're in the vehicle and injured in an accident. It's free if you have collision coverage on your RV policy, so visit Progressive.com for more information. We'll be back in a minute with our interview with photojournalist Linda Henderson. I am here today with my Arkansan friend. <laughs> You've heard me speak of her, Linda Henderson, photojournalist and girl camper, Razorback, proud Arkansan resident. And I've had the pleasure of spending this whole day getting to see Arkansas through the lens of Linda. And I'm so glad she's here to share her love for her beautiful state with us. Welcome, Linda. Thank you. I'm so glad we got to spend this time together. <laughs> so, Linda, I want to tell everybody how we know each other. Okay, please do. And you know on the show, because you're a podcast listener. I am. <laughs> on the show, I always say to please join the online community, even if you do not have a camper yet. And I saw one of your photographs online, and I said, who took this beautiful picture? 
and I looked you up and then I went to your Instagram account and I saw all kinds of beautiful pictures and I sent you a note saying, I love your work. <laughs> and um, then you and I just have come to know each other over time through social media. Yes, we have. And I was fascinated with your story and I wrote an article about you for Go RVing. Yes, you did. Because you were a girl camper wannabe. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, Linda, I want to go back for a minute in case our listeners didn't read the, um, the uh, story on Go RVing. You travel the back roads of Arkansas. I do. Taking the most beautiful pictures. And you sort of day trip it, though, don't you? Yeah, we, we day tripped for quite some time. It's you and your husband, Jim, affectionately yes. known as your Sherpa. That's right. <laughs> Why do you call him that? Because he carries everything and he drives me wherever I want to go. <laughs> well, one of the pictures that caught my eye um, that you uh, published was, you're sort of famous for your nighttime skies. Um, we're really lucky in Arkansas. We have uh, fairly dark skies. And there is nothing more beautiful than being out at night seeing the Milky Way or the moon, uh, and I got interested in taking pictures of the Milky Way and started studying how to take the pictures, and mm -hmm. it's fairly easy. You just have to be there at the right time. Okay. There's different times of the year to take pictures of the Milky Way. Best time of the year is in the spring to the early summer. Um, best time of the month is sometime right before the new moon or right after the new moon. So you have to do some planning. Okay. Arkansas is it the one of the best places to take it because we have a lot of humidity. And humidity can be a bad thing in a, a picture of the Milky Way because you don't want the camera to see the the um, moisture in the moisture air. Moisture in the air. So um, it has to be just the right night. But just the right night, there is mm -hmm. nothing more beautiful than being out and looking at those stars. Well, when I first met you, and I'm saying that in air quotes, because when you and I first started communicating online, and you, we were going back and forth, and you were telling me that your husband will actually get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and drive you to a place. Yes, he will. To shoot the moon. If, mm -hmm. I, if I look at the weather, and the weather's going to be perfect, mm -hmm. and sometimes even in the middle of the night, I'll look at the weather and know that the weather's going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. My husband says that he keeps his pants and his boots next to the, to the bed because he's just like a fireman. <laughs> he never knows when he's going to have to pull them on and take off. <laughs> I was thinking that when you said he's like a fireman. But he is your Sherpa. I've seen the cutest picture of him standing at the top of a ridge with all of your equipment strapped all over him, and you were down inside some gorge getting a picture. That's, yes. <laughs> so he is a good sport. He is a very good sport. Would you tell the listeners the story that you told me about uh, when Jim tried to take you camping? Because your husband's an Eagle Scout, isn't my, he? My husband is an Eagle Scout and has camped his entire life. But that was not you. Um, that was not me. I did not grow up camping. I may have gone to a Brownie or Girl Scout camp out um, sometime in my life, but that was not my life. Um, when I married Jim, he immediately thought, oh, I'll convert her. She, she's going to mm -hmm. be a, a camper. So we were sponsors for a Sunday school class, a high school Sunday school class, and we took them camping. And it was a... A hard hike to get where we got to. Mm -hmm. 
Sometime during the first night, it started to rain, and there were flash floods, and we had to... And you were tent camping. And we were tent camping, and we had to hike out of that awful spot. And at that point, I said, no, no more. What does he see in this? Yes, exactly. I don't get it. Exactly. But uh, then came along life, and I have been um, photographing... Uh, things since I was 10 years old. Okay. The first camera I ever had was my mother's uh, Kodak Brownie mm-hmm. that I took out and photographed whatever I could. So as life went along and careers went on and uh, child rearing went on, um, then I eventually bought a 35 millimeter camera and was able to be a swim mother uh, and, and photograph my son as he swam. Um, Then after he graduated from high school, went on with his life, then my husband and I had uh, the time and the desire to get out and explore Arkansas, and I took my camera with me, and that's about the time that I started getting interested in Milky Way. Well, when I discovered that I could stay out longer and be out in um, the the weather and, and in the environment, um, then I decided, hey, camping's not so bad. And one night we had been out really late. It was well after midnight, and we had been uh, photographing things. And we were exhausted, and we were going to go to a campsite, and we were going to put up a tent that we had just purchased. Well, we didn't have time to do that because we were so tired, and it was so late that we just spread our lawn chairs out and slept under the sky. Oh, my and gosh. And that night I went to sleep looking up at the Milky Way, and I was hooked. That was it. That was it. You told me that story, and I have not stopped thinking about how, because I, I imagine your picture, and I'm going to put some pictures on girlcamper.com, but your Instagram is Linda Henderson. Yes. And, Linda and it's Henderson with an O on the end. Right. Hender, not, not Henderson, but Henderson. Linda Henderson on Instagram, and your photos are so beautiful. But I'm imagining you have a lot of pictures of the Milky Way. Yes. And I'm thinking of what it must have felt like in the real darkness in that lawn chair. You know, I, I picture that really cool zero-gravity chair. we in, yes. <laughs> that sounds like heaven under that Milky Way. It was. And it why was. would you want to put a tent on top of you? Exactly. Of course, we woke up the next morning with dew all over us, yeah. but uh, it was well worth it. And yeah. you know, it, Arkansas does have a, a tempered humidity and, and, okay. and climate, so um, even though it was early spring that day, uh, it was still fairly warm. But Yeah, so that that's what got you in the thinking, I could be a camper. That's what got me in the, the idea that I guess I could do this. So I want to just say... That you are come full circle now, and you just purchased a camper. I did. I did. I did lots of research on it um, and decided that we wanted a fairly small one so that we would be able to go through the backwoods and travel, you know, fairly easily. And I found a 1995 Scamp. Are you listening, Dean? <laughs> so one of our podcast listeners, Dean, is a fiberglass expert, and he's a teacher in, I want to say Kentucky, maybe Tennessee, a college professor, and he just did a ton of research on uh, fiberglass campers, and there was a great episode on the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast, 
So you discovered the same thing that Dean did, that fiberglass trailers are lightweight. Yes. Easy to tow. Right. They never leak. So tell us about your search. Well, being in Arkansas, I had never seen a scamp. And when I started doing the research, that name just kept coming up, you know, for little trailers. So I started um, looking on Facebook, and I joined the Facebook scamp page and um, found that there were none in the, anywhere in the South. Uh, occasionally you'd see them maybe in North Carolina or Kentucky, uh, but you never saw them in Arkansas. And I wasn't interested in driving that far to mm. find that that was not the trailer. Mm. Uh, I, they're manufactured up north, so it looks like that most of them, that's where that they end up at. And on the, the Scamp Facebook page one day, I saw that a woman had made a posting that she was going to be selling hers. And she was from... Conway, Arkansas. Your hometown. My hometown. Not only your hometown, where you still live. That's right. So I sent her a message, and she said that they would be selling it probably within the next two weeks, and that um, she would message me. Well, she messaged me, and we went and looked at it and immediately fell in love with it. We saw it was in good shape. My husband's real handy and can fix anything, so we felt pretty confident about it. We purchased it that day. Um, we've checked out every system, and every system works perfectly. We have not yet gone on a camping trip because this is hunting season in Arkansas, <laughs> and my husband is an avid hunter. But as soon as hunting season and the holidays are over with, we're going to go camping. Our first camp out, we're going to Toad Suck, which is... <laughs> okay, let me just repeat what you said. Toad suck. suck. Yes, yes. Is that a park? It is a park. It is on the Toad Ar Suck Park. Yes. It is a lock and dam, and there is a Corps of Engineer Park there. Um, on the Arkansas on River. The Arkansas River. And the reason it is called Toad Suck <laughs> is because there was a ferry there. And the folklore is that when um, people would come down the Arkansas River, the sailors would come down the river, there was a tavern there. And that the sailors would stop there, and they would suck on the bottles until they swelled up like toads. <laughs> and so it was. it's called toad suck. Um, we, in our now that, I love that little story. <laughs> and someday I'd like to get someone from Virginia on to tell us why... There's a Hungry Mother's Park. I pass that sign on 81 all the time. And I saw the toad suck to sign today, and I thought, wow, that's, there's good. So I love that story behind it. So you're going to make your maiden voyage there? Yes, it's only seven miles from our home, and that's going to be our maiden voyage. So if anything goes wrong, you won't be too far we away. We will not be too far. Yeah. And then from there, well, we're going to do lots of exploring. Can you camp year-round in Arkansas? Yes, yes, we can camp year-round. Um, are the parks, uh, the, the campgrounds open, open year-round? Yes, parks are open year-round. We have very few freezing days, um, and our, our weather usually will not drop much more than, than the 30s. So um, there's year-round camping in Arkansas. 
Well, we came here to scout out a trip, and um, so I am actually here as the guest of the Convention and Visitors Bureau of North Little Rock, and I had so much fun in North Little Rock, and I got a great tour yesterday, and we're planning a trip that's going to involve their urban campground here. And you and I are sitting here and we're looking out at the city and it's so lit up and we're right on the river where these lit up barges go by. <laughs> and, and right here in the midst of all this, there's this urban RV park. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to do a camping trip there. But then you and I thought, well, we're already here, right? Right. <laughs> so you were kind enough today to take me on a tour of what, tell, tell me what um, part... I know that Arkansas is broken down into like five geographical regions. So can you talk about the geographical regions of Arkansas and where you and I are? Okay. Right now we're in the center of the state. Uh, and Little Rock is almost geographically the center of the state. Um, south of Little Rock, you drop down into the Gulf Coastal Plains, which basically means the land is flat and there's lots of pine trees. Okay. Then from that point... Then you can look to the east, and the east is the Delta. Um, the Mississippi River runs right down the border of Arkansas, and so it is very much Delta land, very farm. Mm -hmm. um, the Blues were born in that area. Um, Memphis is not that far. Right across the river, right? right? across the river, right. Um, then if you look uh, where we were today mm -hmm. is the Arkansas River Valley. And that is the foothills of both the Washita Mountains and the Ozarks. Um, and then we have the uh, west end of the state, which is the Washita Mountains. And um, lots of pine trees, lots of hardwood trees. Uh, Hot Springs is also in that area. And that's a beautiful old town um, that the... Uh, gangsters of the 1920s used mm -hmm. to go to. Mm -hmm. And that's where uh, baseball uh, used to, they would have summer camps there for, for many of the professional baseball teams. Oh, really? I didn't so know that. Okay. it's a beautiful old town. It's a spa town um, built around hot springs. And they literally are hot springs. They are really hot springs. Um, most of the um, hot spring baths that mm -hmm. were there now have been converted into day spas or uh, into, uh, and it is a national park. It was one of mm -hmm. the first national parks, in fact. Um, so is there a national park up there where anybody can go in and sit in the hot springs, or are they all like um, spas and private property now? Uh, there is still um, national parks lands there. I don't think there's any of them that actually operate a hot springs anymore. But, okay. Um, though there are private places that do have the, the hot springs. Still. We did that in Colorado, in Ouray, Colorado, and I thought it was so much fun. It was so relaxing. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. So um, there, geographically, there's so much happening in the state of Arkansas. I have I've never been to Arkansas before, but it's unbelievably beautiful. And I don't know what I was expecting. I, I do have cousins who live in the Ozarks who always talk, talk about it. And um, But there's all kinds of different topography here. Yes. So you've got the there Mississippi is. Delta and all that kind of fertile lowland by the river. And, right. that's all. and then here we are in the um, central part where 
we're in the hollers today. Right, that's right. We were in the hollers today. So we went up to Pe Petit Jean? Petit Jean. Petit Jean. Well, I just want to call it Petit Jean. <laughs> so Petit Jean State Park. Yes. That was, I'm not kidding when I say this, the single most beautiful lookout I have ever gone to. And I've been to a lot. So when we came up to Petty Jean Mountain, mm -hmm. um, there is a point. The lookout was called something. Stout's Point. Stout's Point. Would you talk about the history of Petty Jean Park and what Stout's Point is? The folklore is that there were French explorers that were coming up the Arkansas River. Mm -hmm. And that um, the one of the um, explorers was a female. And she has had disguised herself and was called um, Little John, which translated into, in French, translated into Petite uh -huh. Jean. Yes. Um, or Janine Pettit. Or Janine Pettit, whichever <laughs> one you want to call. Uh, and she became very ill, and they discovered that she was a female. And she died, and died at the foothill, or the at the end of the uh, Petty Jean River, or at the, the Petty Jean Mountain, and they carried her up the mountain and buried her at Stout's Point. And we even stopped and looked at their grave. We did. We don't know for sure if she's really there, but, you <laughs> but know, a good it makes story. a great story. <laughs> um, the outlook looks over three different counties. Um, it go, You could probably see 100 miles you know, it was almost right. 360 degrees. It is. It was probably 300 degrees. Yes. Because, uh, of course, my phone died. I wanted to do one of those Facebook Live, just pan that thing. And we were looking down at the winding Arkansas River. Right. And it was so beautiful because it's such... I know everyone in Arkansas has been apologizing all weekend that their colors aren't prettier because you're in a drought here. Yes, we are. And so the colors have not been quite as vibrant, but it was absolutely beautiful. Looking over the valley and seeing those farm fields with the bales of hay on them and, and panning across to... Um, you know those beautiful just vistas of, of different kinds of farmland all quilted together there and the river running through it. And if you went all the way around, you could see the bluffs in the what you guys call the holler. The hollers. So tell our listeners who aren't from holler country what a holler is. <laughs> it's really just a deep gorge or a deep canyon. Um mm. A lot of the native Arkansas people who are the pioneers who first came to Arkansas lived in the hollers because water was there mm -hmm. and it was an, an easy place to live. They could hunt, they could fish. It's really the bottom of a ravine. It's a bottom of a ravine, but we call them hollers. I like hollers so much better. <laughs> yeah, that's where the water was. That's where the water was, and that's where a lot of the pioneers from in Arkansas came. And there was a little bit of safety in the holler because right. you were protected from wind and, yeah, right. getting up and down wasn't that easy. It wasn't that easy, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Petty Jean Park was absolutely beautiful. I learned something here today that I thought was so interesting. Everywhere you have taken me today, architecturally, everything was so beautiful. 
and it so fit with nature. And you were telling me that that park was built really during the Depression. It was yes. one of uh, FDR's construction, reconstruction projects, putting yes. people to work when they were out of work. Right. And so that park is like 85 years old now, and it was so well built. And the beautiful lodge that was built there, and now has a beautiful addition on it, all still standing. So tell us about how um, that came about. Petty Jean State Park is my backyard. It's one of the places that I love to go and photograph. Um, I've been there since I was a child and been going back and forth up that mountain for, mm -hmm. for many years. Um, the park, like you said, is a, just a part of the nature. It, it was built with native timbers and it was built with the rocks that were right there. So it fits in, you know, into the, the background and into the, the park itself. Um, there, there are rustic cabins. Um, there is a, a small hotel in the lodge uh, all with lots of piney knot and just, mm -hmm. uh, just a beautiful place. Um, fireplace. Aesthetically, it was so pretty. Yes, it was. Um, today there was a fire in the fireplace, and you could it's smell. A little chill yeah, today, yeah. A little chill. They've just put out some of the Christmas decorations, so you know you could kind of get yeah. in the spirit. Um, it it is something that Arkansas has cherished. It was our first state park. It's really huge. Do you know how many acres it is? No, no, it's it's a very large. It's park. a mountain. Yeah, it's a mountain. It's an entire. Yeah, because I saw nothing else up there. Mm -hmm. And so we saw four different campground areas, and you have something that I wish New Jersey would listen to. Are you listening, New Jersey? Your state parks have hookups. Yes, yes, we have full hookups. Full hookups full in hookups. a state park. Hello, I don't. That's unusual, and the prices are very reasonable. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you know what it costs to park? I think it costs thirty dollars for full yeah. hookup, but you know thirty dollars for full hookup, yeah. that's inexpensive right. by northeast standards. Right. right. And uh, what I thought was very interesting about Petty Jean State Park too is um there was creeks, there was lakes, there was the river running through it, there was all kinds of different um bodies of water. And there is an absolutely beautiful waterfall. Um fairly easy to get to. It's uh, I'm probably a mile and a half hike. Um, it, yeah, we didn't go because it was no, windy. Yeah, it's windy and there's not been a lot of rain, so um, there's probably just a drizzle coming. Trickle out of coming it, yeah. over. But there's there's always water there um, in the springtime and in the wintertime when the rains come. It is just a, a beautiful place. There's a lot of native pioneer native cabins still there. Yeah, we saw several. Mm -hmm. Very sweet, and we remarked that. It's hard to believe people lived in them. That's right. I know people had with ten kids and lived in that spot. master bathrooms bigger than some of those cabins. Exactly. But I love that they've been preserved. So the park is aesthetically so beautiful. Any construction work they did there with the native stone, the little bridges, it's it, it's really well maintained. Yes, it is. Uh, Arkansas has it, the probably a very large percentage of our um, state revenues come from. Um, tourism and Arkansas spends a lot of money to maintain it. it has a very good uh, touristic, you know, um, outlook, and um, we we enjoy it. Beautiful native, uh, natural state, and Arkansas is the natural state. That's our is it. That's our 
our nickname. I did natural state. I did not know yes. that, and that's interesting because uh, when I was going through the park, I didn't see any kind of uh, buildings that seemed to conflict with nature. Um, everything looked very indigenous to the area, blended. It was sort of very Frank Lloyd Wright with yes. natural stone, yes, and it was it very pretty. So we were on uh, at Stouts Point at Petty Jean Mountain, and we were looking out to another mountain. Tell us about the three mountains that make up this tri-mountain. Tri tri yeah. Now, Stouts Point looks out into the to the Arkansas River and towards the east. It's a beautiful place for a sunrise and for moonrises. Then we went to Red Bluff Drive and Red Bluff Drive looks out to Mount Nebo and to Mount Magazine which are also state parks and they're kind of all in a row. Um, it'd be a great day trip if you mm -hmm. were staying at Petty Jean you could go to Mount Nebo or you could go to Mount Magazine. Um, Mount Magazine is the highest point in Arkansas, has its own climate, and um, it is during the, the summertime and in the springtime filled with wildflowers and butterflies. And um, that's Mount Magazine? That's Mount Magazine. Is there a campground at Mount there's Magazine? Ca there's a beautiful campground there. There's also a beautiful lodge, very similar, built the same type of style as the one that you saw today at Petty Jane. So it's a it's a you could do a three camp or yeah. you could do a two camp and, and a day a trip. A day trip. Yeah. So you and I are trying to figure out how we're gonna do a spring trip here and we're gonna be right here at the R V park in town. We are literally in town. There is an old railroad bridge that's been turned into a footpath right. which you walk over and then you're in Little Rock, because we're in North Little Rock, and that's another story. But you walk over this old railroad bridge, which has been turned into a, a pedestrian walk, and it literally takes you to the base of the Clinton Library. Yes. Yes, So there's so much to do here in North Little Rock, and we're going to do that, because you and I are planning. We're <laughs> planning. I'm so excited about this trip, and... It's going to be in the spring, you know, maybe April. We're got, we've got to figure out the waxing and waning moons before we pick a date because when we're done in North Little Rock here, we're going to hit the road and we're going to go to Petty Jean Mountain and maybe day trip it over to Mount uh, Normand? Nebo. 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 I've got to think Nemo with a B. Okay. Mount Nebo, which you said is very pretty, but the campground isn't as nice. Right. And then we've got to head either up to Mount Magazine to see the butterflies or to Hot Springs to sit in the hot water. <laughs> it, it's so pretty. We're, we're going to find um, we're going to find a path and then we're going to post it. But Linda, I follow you online because I love your photographs and that's how you and I sort of met. And I want you to tell us amateur photographers so uh, you you were showing me some things today we went to what was that called red bluff red bluff drive and that was part of um petty jean right. state park just right. maybe a mile further down or something another spectacular lookout point and they had a beautiful uh lutheran mission up there or yes. something there's a, a beautiful lutheran camp okay and a, a beautiful semi-outdoor church it's more of a pavilion, and 
it was overlooks yeah the, the mountains and it was um, a church on a bluff right but and it had an altar with a big picture window which almost looked as if it cantilevered out into the bluff you yes. know but the sides were all open right it, and the minister came by while we were there and she was nice enough to tell us all about it but that was absolutely beautiful so we've got that there, and we got some beautiful pictures there, and you were giving me some hints uh, about photographing things. So I would like, it, if you, we could have your expertise here, could you give us three hints? If you just have an iPhone and you're taking pictures with your iPhone, we could certainly improve our iPhone pictures. Give us a hint, because the first picture I ever saw that you posted online, which caught my eye, uh, was not actually the Milky Way one. It was a beautiful picture you took at dawn of this little church with a blue sky with the sunrise coming up because you're a nurse and you go to work very, very early. Right. And I, I, you know, I post a picture of a little church in the woods every Sunday on Instagram and I thought, well, I got to grab that. If I know who took the picture, I like to tag the person. And you took that with your iPhone. I did. I did. You know, the iPhones that we have today are um, much better. The lenses are much better than the cameras that we had just a few years ago. And there's no reason why you can't use an iPhone to take the majority of your pictures. Now, there's some pictures that you're not going to be able to take. Not the not, Milky not Way. Not the Milky Way. But most pictures you can. But you've got to do, there, there's a couple of things you've got to do. Okay, give us some tips. Number one thing is your composition. And the best way to improve your composition is turn your grid on. iPhones and most of the, uh, any smartphone, go into the menu settings and find grid. Turn okay. It on. So you told me this before, so I looked it up. You've got to go to settings mm -hmm. and then you scroll down to pictures and camera. And when you get into camera, you'll scroll down and it says grid. Right. And you turn it on. Turn it on. Now, when you take your picture, you will see a grid. The rule of threes is something that our eye, it, our eye likes to see that. Where the grid intersects either the right or the left, put the most important subject in that grid and where that, in, that line intersects. So if you're taking a picture of a person, put the grid right in the middle where that intersects, right in the middle of that person, if it's one person. Okay, then, so just stop for a minute, because I want to tell the listeners, the grid is basically the tic-tac-toe. Exactly. Okay, tic -tac -toe. so when you say where it intersects, you're not talking about the middle no. square. The sides. So the intersect is the line forming the center or the right. Correct. So you want to move to the right or the left of that center square. Correct. Um, if you're doing a mountain, you know, find the most important thing about that mountain picture, and that's where you're going to put your, your, the most important thing is on that grid line. Um, so that's an easy thing to do. That'll help okay. with the composition. Uh, another thing that you can do is always make sure your horizon is straight. Your eye hates to see a horizon that bends or goes, ups or downs. And that's, again, with the grid... You, you can, can check it. Check your horizon. So make sure your horizon is straight. Never put the most important thing in the picture in the middle of the picture. So if okay. you're taking a sunrise picture, don't put that sun right in the middle of the picture. Put it either on the right side 
line or the left side line of that grid. Okay. Then, another thing that you can do, especially if you're doing landscape, and of course landscape's my favorite thing to do, always go two-thirds up or two-thirds down. So if, you're, if the sky is absolutely beautiful, then move the grid up so that you see two-thirds of the, of the sky in that grid. Mm -hmm. if, it, if the ground or the, the surroundings are the prettiest thing and the sky is not as pretty, then do it just the other way. Put two-thirds mm -hmm. of the scene on the bottom. On the bottom. Okay. That'll help with iPhone pictures. Okay. I, I, I've i already tried some of those things, and it, it's not that much different than what they teach you in a watercolor workshop right. when you're composing your painting. So, But I did not know that about the grid. So I, you helped me get it on my phone, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be using that. But I want to ask you, I mean, there's people out there, I know Jeremy Puglisi and other people who really, really um, take their photography very serious. My husband just got a new um, DRL. DSLR. DSLR camera, and he's learning to use it right now. Would you give some tips to those who have a fancier camera on what's involved in shooting the Milky Way? Because you can't go out and shoot. The, I look at that picture and I think, wow, that's just incredible. What do you have to know to shoot those nighttime pictures? How is that different than a daytime? Most important thing with that is to have a tripod. Oh, You have to stabilize your camera because most of your shots are going to be anywhere from 15 seconds to 30 seconds. And there's absolutely no way that you can hold a camera and take that kind of shot. So you should just be jumping. Right. right. Tripod, the most important thing. The hardest probably thing about taking nighttime pictures is getting a focus. Because a camera focuses on different contrast. So if there's not a lot of contrast, then your, your camera has a hard time focusing. So I either focus at home, and I mm. tape it down so that the lens is taped into a focus spot, or I have Sherpa go out 30 feet in front of me <laughs> with a flashlight in his hand, mm -hmm. and then I put the focus point on that light that Sherpa has in his hand. Okay. And then you have a perfect focus. Okay. Because your camera will focus usually, usually 30 feet to infinity. So if you can get your camera focused in 30 feet then it will focus all the way to infinity. All right. So, so that stars are going to be in focus. Oh, my gosh. Because when I have that auto setting on mine, and it doesn't know where to go, and it goes in, and it goes out, and it's blurry, and it's, and it's just searching. Well, if you'll put something with a lot of contrast, like your Sherpa with a mm -hmm. flashlight in his mm -hmm. hand, then your camera can focus on it. So do you use the auto um, focus? I use the auto focus, uh, yes, Autofocus is great. I use the autofocus. Most cameras will be able to focus better than your eyes will. And especially if your eyes are, you know, are middle age. Um, so, yes, I do. But I never use the automatic setting of the camera because the camera doesn't know what you want to photograph. So, my, when I teach people or tell people how to take pictures when they first get that camera and get it out of the box, the first thing I'll say is take it off of auto. So auto is how long 
your exposure is. It's how long your exposure is. It's how much your, your, your aperture is. The camera makes all the decisions. And our cameras are smart. They're mm -hmm. basically little computers, but they're not as smart as you are. <laughs> you need to tell the camera what to, to focus on and what to take the picture of. Okay. So my next thing would be put your camera on the different modes that it has. Um, if you're taking landscape pictures, then put that on that little mountain symbol. Because then the camera knows this is a landscape photo, and I know the settings that I'm gonna that will make a good landscape picture. If you're taking a picture of your kids, then put it on that runner because they're fast moving. <laughs> if you're taking a picture of a flower, then put it on that little flower symbol. So after you've done that for six months or so, and your pictures are improving, then the next thing is look at what the settings are when you take that picture. Probably about 50% of the time, you're going to get a perfect picture using those settings. But your camera, again, doesn't know exactly what you want the picture to be of. And so after six months, after you kind of start saying, okay, you know, every time I take a picture here, my shutter speed was 125th of a second, and my aperture was 5.6, then you start setting it. You go to the, to the manual setting, and you start setting it. And you practice. And you watch YouTube videos. <laughs> so YouTube is our friend. <laughs> YouTube is our friend. Well, Linda, where can people follow you? First, before I ask you that, I want to tell our listeners that you are a writer for 501 Magazine. Tell us what 501 Magazine is. 501 Magazine is the 501 Area Code, which is Central Arkansas. It is a regional magazine. It's a lifestyle magazine. Can anyone get it, though? Anybody can get it. Yeah. You can go online and get it. Um, I write Travel the 501. It's a little article that um, uses my pictures, and, and I write about the things to do and the places that we go in within the 501. And I'm going to brag about you for a minute, because you won't say that you just had your first cover. I did. You got the Christmas cover I of did. 501. I did. And tell, there's this beautiful church. Tell about that church because our camping friends would really love that. And, you know, I do the little chapel on Instagram every Sunday, and I always see this in a Google search. But you told me what it is. It, there are two chapels in Arkansas that are built almost exactly the same. Uh, one is in Eureka Springs, uh, the Thorn Chapel. And then the, this chapel that I took a picture of is in Garland Gardens which is in Hot Springs, and um, the um, church is very unique. It is uh, wood timber, top mm -hmm. of, and, and all glass. So, and exceedingly tall. Exceedingly tall. Uh, and it is um, just a, a beautiful place. And every year during the Christmas season, um, Garvin Gardens uh, decorates um, the garden with millions, literally millions of lights. And they also decorate the chapel with a huge Christmas tree. It's very simple. You can see the piano and the, mm -hmm. and the tree, and it's real pretty lit. 
um, but it's a beautiful place. Did you take that picture last year? I did. And, yes, and I did. so it's the Christmas cover yes. of 501. So yes. if you want to look up 501 on Google and I could put a link in the show notes, you could get Linda's work. And it's it was really beautiful. I can't wait to sit down and read the article. The photograph was beautiful. Thank you. And so you're a writer and a photographer, yes. but you're also a nurse. I'm also a nurse. Um, I have worked for 34 years. Um at the Conway Human Development Center, which is a residential facility for individuals that have developmental disabilities mm -hmm. uh, and are medically fragile. Mm -hmm. uh, it is my love and my mm -hmm. calling, Yeah, and I, I enjoy my work. Uh, Everybody says this about nurses, and I think it's true about teachers and nurses. Um, it's not an occupation. It's a vocation. It is. It mm -hmm. is. Um, I've enjoyed my time there. But within the next few years, I'm going to be retiring, mm -hmm. and me and Sherpa are going to take <laughs> off and go. Yeah, and and you're going to be so busy, Linda, and I can't wait to see all that. But in the meantime, I can't wait to plan this trip with you. Yes. So we've talked about so many of the beautiful things in the state of Arkansas to see, and um, we're going to be posting this. We're going to figure it out, and we're going to get it up there so people can put us on your dance card and make Arkansas a stop because it's it's absolutely stunning here and there's so much to see and I I like the idea of making this trip sort of a caravan mm -hmm. so we're going to start here in North Little Rock and we're going to make our way up to the northern and maybe even make our way to the foothills of the Ozarks where you have a beautiful family homestead yes we do um, is that, that where you take the Milky Way pictures that's probably the majority of my Milky Way pictures are taken there so would you be willing to have everybody boondock there? Oh, we could probably work something out. It's only a couple hundred acres. That's right. And it has that old schoolhouse on it. It has an old schoolhouse. When we purchased the place, um, we uh, that's one reason I thought I didn't need to camp, was mm -hmm. because we had this cabin and we had this, this property. Um, when we purchased the place, it had an old uh, schoolhouse from probably around 1900. Um, it had been... Um, kind of neglected and it's mm. it, it's not in good repair uh, but it is uh, it's my photography muse I take mm -hmm. pictures of the Milky Way there and I take pictures of star trails there and um, it's a, a landmark for the whole area everybody knows where the Snow Lick School is oh gosh um, it the place is um, we, we really enjoy it because it's in the woods mm -hmm. uh, it's between a wilderness area and the Ozark uh, forest, so it's it's a dark spot, and that's why it's a good spot to take. Because there's no it's ambient just, light. There's very little ambient light. Yeah. So hopefully we're going to be able to work that into our caravan trip. This is a little different than what we normally do. Right. But there's so much to see here. Honestly, between everything you showed me today, I couldn't pick. I, I couldn't say Petty Jean over uh, Mount, Mount Nebo. Mount Nebo. <laughs> thinking Nebo, Nebo, Mount Nebo, and, you know, then I'm fascinated with the idea of the butterfly one at uh, the park, too, uh, Mount Magazine. Right. Why is it named Mount Magazine? I don't know why it's named Mount right. Magazine. We'll have to figure that yeah, out. We'll yeah. We'll have to research that. Well, Linda, people can follow you by getting online. Is there an online version of 501 Magazine? Yes, there is an online version. So they version. could follow you yes. there, and on Instagram, you are Linda Henderson. 
Yes. I don't know how you got that. I was, there was lucky. You were the first Linda That's Henderson right. to get in there, right? And there's no break in it. It's just Linda Henderson. Yes, and I love following you there. So, Linda, thank you for coming on. Thank you for touring, uh, giving me this one-on-one -on -one tour today. <laughs> that was so fun. Well, I've enjoyed it also. And I just want to remind listeners who I always say, you know, to join the online community. You and I met today, but I feel like I've known you for so long already because... We're always sending each other little things and talking and, right. you know, and uh, liking and commenting. And, you know, that's so uh, important as part of the whole girl camping movement and group. And I, I feel like you always help me with my podcast and I always like to share your stuff. And that's that's the fun of girl campers, isn't it? Yes, it is. And humanity. That's right. <laughs> so, Linda, thank you for coming on. I'm looking forward to our trip. We're going to put it out there and let everybody know when it is. And I'm, I can't wait. Good. Thank you. Uh -huh. Well, that's our show for today. I would like to thank the North Little Rock Convention and Visitors Bureau for hosting me in your beautiful state. I have had such a nice weekend in Arkansas. I'm so excited to share the riches of this state with our listeners, and I hope everybody will put this on their dance card because there's so many beautiful things to see here, and I can't wait to come back. I want to thank you, Linda Henderson, for a lovely day of touring the Petty Jean State Park, one of the prettiest parks I have ever, ever seen, and for the great lunch we had at the lodge. The lodge at the park is absolutely beautiful. We had a delicious lunch there, and I'm so looking forward to putting this trip together with you, Linda, and I hope all the girl campers will come out and join us and really take part in the beauty here. I want to thank my sponsors, Progressive Insurance and Go Little Guy Worldwide. Our next camper college is at Tom's Camperland in Phoenix. That's going to be on January 20th. So I'm taking a little break from camper colleges and I'm going to enjoy the holidays and not do so much traveling. But that's going to be at Tom's Camperland, January 20th, and the new Scotty trailer will be there. Tom's Camperland is in Phoenix, if I didn't say that. The new Scotty is going to be on display. And the Sisters on the Fly are all coming there with me. Maury Sussman's going to be there, the founder of Sisters on the Fly. It's going to be one big, whole weekend-long party. We're going to be there all day Saturday, so it's going to be a whole lot of fun. I'd also like to thank my producer, Stephanie Puglisi, for putting the show together. Stephanie and her husband, Jeremy, can be heard every Wednesday on Campground of the Week and every Friday on the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast. They will also be appearing at the Florida RV Super Show. So get onto the RVFTA website and check out all of their personal appearances and follow all the links to all the great articles and things they do to promote the RV industry. And don't forget to check that Go RVing Live on Facebook, Go RVing Facebook. I'll be back next week. Have a great week, everybody.